You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. We are continuing. Uh, this is part three of a part four series. Next Sunday, we will wrap this up. But we are in uh, a series that I called uh, Love One Another. It's a series that's based on relationships, and uh, we've looked at um, we've looked at marriage, we've looked at forgiveness. I'm looking at like big core elements that impact our relationships. And uh, today, I wanted to talk about parenting 101. Um, uh, but it's more than just parenting; it's mentoring. And uh, I, I want to encourage those of you that. Uh, those, some of us here don't have children. Some of us, our children are older, and they're not younger anymore, so sometimes your influence isn't what it was. But I believe that there is, uh, th- there's some elements in what we're going to discuss today that are necessary for all of our sort of mentoring-type relationships. You may not be a parent, but you have the ability to be the spiritual parent of somebody. And somebody said amen besides Wendy. Yeah. You have the ability. The Apostle Paul was a single man with no children, but he had hundreds of spiritual children. And so I want to talk to you uh, about that. So uh, if, um, if you're not a parent today, take these core elements that we're going to talk about and think of them in terms of mentoring, spiritually mentoring uh, either somebody that's younger than you or somebody that's younger in the faith than you, but uh, there's, there's things that you can take from this that I believe will be valuable. Parenting is a tough job. It's a 24-hour-a-day job, uh, whether you like it or not. Um, it has tremendous highs, and it has some real lows as well. There are times that you wonder as a parent if you're doing a good job. There's times that you wonder if you're really having a positive impact at all. Does anybody listen to me, right? Uh, there's times. I read a couple of quotes this week uh, from some um, well-known actors, and uh, here's a couple that I thought were funny. Jerry Seinfeld said this. He said, Having a two-year-old is like having a blender, but not having the top for it. And Phyllis Diller, the old uh, comedian, she said, cleaning your house while your kids are young, it's like shoveling the sidewalk before it stops snowing. And all these things are true. I found this week the definition of a toddler. You know what? Here Here it is. Are you ready? The definition of a toddler is this. An emotionally unstable, pint-sized dictator with the uncanny ability to know exactly how far to push you towards utter insanity before reverting back to a lovable creature. The definition of a toddler. The Bible is so clear time and time and time again that children are a gift. They are a blessing. And I know... There's some days they don't feel that way. And trust me, there's some days that you don't feel, they don't feel that you're a blessing to them. But the fact of the matter is, you're a blessing to your children. And they 
are a blessing to you. We have been given the responsibility to raise them and to raise them well. So this morning, I want to go over three important things that we can teach our children and three important things that we need to give our children, okay? So three, three things to teach and three things to give. And like I said, I realize not everybody is a parent, but um, I, I, I want to get this in your brain today, that the concepts that I'm going to, to mention really apply to any kind of mentorship relationship that you're going to have. And I encourage us all that we need to do a better job of being spiritual moms and dads to people around us. There are uh, just people who are young in the faith. There are single parents. There are those that just need a hand that even if you don't have direct parenting sort of knowledge, just to support somebody, to mentor somebody, and to bring them along in the faith is so valuable. And in our world today, we need it more than ever. It is absolutely crucial. So I encourage us all to be that spiritual parent. If, if uh, again, if you're not a parent, think in terms of mentoring and passing on your values, your wisdom, your passion into somebody else. And so uh, take these uh, along those lines. And like I said, remember that the Apostle Paul was maybe not a physical father, but the Apostle Paul was a spiritual father and had an incredible love for the people that he was responsible for. Okay, so here we go. Three important things to teach. Let's start there. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. One more, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, by the way you treat them, rather bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that come from the Lord. So, parents are the greatest teachers that a child will ever have. That is an absolute fact. Lots of people know it, lots of people say it. It's, it just is. Even Dr. Phil says so. So there you go. It, it's, it's, not, it's not if you're teaching them. You may not feel like you're a teacher per se, and I, you know, what am I teaching them? It's not if you're teaching them. The fact is, it, it's more along the lines of what you're teaching them, okay? You are teaching them. It's not if, it's, it's really a question of what. So, the first important thing to teach is this. This sowing and reaping, or what I call uh, the consequences of your actions, this is something children really need to get. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says this, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always, always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. 
So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. See, this whole sowing and reaping thing, or, or uh, uh, to understand the consequences of your actions, it's a really powerful principle that people need to get. And the earlier children understand it, the better off they'll be. This, it's so basic, but yet, but yet powerful. You plant good seed, you get good results. You plant bad seeds, and you're going to harvest the results of those bad choices every single time. Now, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. We sometimes don't make the right choice. But the point here is, is if we are continually doing our best to try to do the right thing, then what I say all the time is you do the right thing and right things will begin to happen. This is a principle. It's a sowing reaping. It's a consequence of your action. People always talk about consequence of your action in a negative way, but it's not just negative. It's positive as well. Amen? That you do good stuff, and you're going to reap the great consequences of that. It's, it's wonderful as well. So do the right thing, and right things will happen. Our children need to understand as early as possible that their choices matter over the long haul. Our choices and their choices will either lead them to success and blessing or not. Um, our actions, they need to get this, that our actions, our priorities, our lifestyle, how we spend our money, who we spend our time with, all of these things are important choices. And we get this more and more as we age. But children need to understand this as well. They need to be taught. They need to be guided. They need to understand that if they make the best choice possible, then they're going to reap the best possible result from that choice. And so for believing parents, of course, Jesus is the best choice. Let's start with that. You know what I always say, always start with Jesus. He is the foundation. He is the one. He is the person that we build our lives upon. And, our, 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 and for believing parents, we've got to help our children make the best choice. And the best choice is Jesus. And so understanding this and teaching them this, I want to get through a lot because uh, there's, I mean, just that alone could be a whole sermon, right? We could tell stories and we could crack jokes, and, but you get the point, right? Consequences. So one, the first important thing to teach, sowing and reaping, consequences of our action. Number two, another important thing to teach is this, respect. Respect. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17 says, respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. There's a lot of other verses, but I just pulled this one as a starter point today. It's just an important concept that, that children need to get. And by the way, it seems that this, this quality is getting harder and harder to find in our world. Don't say amen, just go, yeah, it's nasty, yeah. See, this verse says in First uh, Peter, respect everyone, respect everyone, including your fellow believers, respect God and respect those who are in authority over you. Look at what Paul said in Romans 13, verse 7. He said, give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor 
to those who are in authority. It's a principle that sets your life on the right path. Respect, it's a powerful thing. Our kids won't grow up with respect for anything or anybody. They won't respect authority, people, the church, pastors, teachers, nobody, unless they see it in us. We have to give some respect, not only to people, but to our children. They learn it from us. We must teach and model respect, even to those with whom we disagree. Now, that right there is a sermon series. Okay? It seems like an absolute lost concept to the world right now. We don't know how to disagree with people with respect. We, it just seems like it's so hard to do. I mean, our neighbors to the south, oh my good Lord, what's going to happen in two days? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that there's not going to be a lot of respect being shown back and forth. We have got to learn how to respect people and even respect those who we don't agree with. It seems like nowadays, if, we don't, if you don't agree with me, then the conversation quickly reverts to anger, name-calling, and you are outright banned from my life because you don't believe what I believe or you don't agree with me on this one topic, so you are banned. You are bad, you are evil, you are wicked, you shall not enter the gates of my life anymore. We are the poorer for it. Do you understand? The, we, we are so poor at doing this, and we're the poorer for it because of the results. We have reaped this, my friends. Respect, manners, consideration of others. I just want to say to parents and to those who are helping to mentor younger ones, this is a really important quality to have. Don't let it become something that's not important. It sets us on the path to success. It sets us on the path to be influencers. It sets us on the path to earn the right to be heard. When you're showing respect and honor and consideration of others, even if they disagree with you. It's a really important quality that I believe children need and we need to show it to them and, and instill it in them as quickly and as young as we can. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if somebody asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. And this is it. Here's the key. But do it in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear, and if people speak against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. That we are to stand up for what we believe. He's saying that. It's okay to say, I believe in Jesus. I believe this is wrong. I believe this is sin. I believe this should be better. We can stand up for what we believe, but to do it with gentleness and respect is the absolute key. And we need to teach our children to do this better. So we've got to keep moving. Third important thing to teach. So consequences of our action, respect, and the third one is responsibility. 
responsibility. Galatians chapter four, uh, chapter six, sorry, verse four says, "Pay careful attention to your own work, to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct." Just, just, just memorize that verse right there. That's a powerful one. I was. Uh, um, looking up some stuff this week, and Henry Cloud and John Townsend, um, some of you would know those names. They're uh, authors of many, many books together. They wrote a book about children uh, and about families. It's called Boundaries for Kids. And in it, they said this. It was so, it was so awesome that I, I, I photocopied it and I stuck it in my file, and I want to read it to you today. Uh, they say this. They said, children need to know that their problems are their own problems, no one else's. Their life is their own little red wagon, and their job is to pull it without expecting someone else to. One of the hallmarks of maturity is taking responsibility for your own life, your own desires, and your own problems. Mature adults see themselves as problem solvers. Instead of trying to find someone else to blame, or to solve their problems for them. Immature people experience life as victims and constantly want someone else to solve their problems. I read that and I went, oh my goodness, that's so good. They're, they've got it. They've captured it. Our children need to learn to take responsibility for their own lives, their own choices, their own, their own stuff. He says, like, the we... Like they say, they got to learn how to pull their own red wagon, right? Some adults still don't know how to do this well. If you don't learn responsibility, you will continue to struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle. And it will be very difficult to really prosper. It, it, it will be difficult to hold a job. It will be difficult to maintain a relationship. It will be difficult to keep friends, real good friends, because people are looking for someone who will take responsibility, say what they mean, show up when they're supposed to, do the work that they're supposed to, and look after themselves in a responsible way. Somebody said amen. That was a touch weak, but I know you're with me. I'll just blame that on the masks. At home, you can say amen louder, all right? But listen, as believers, we also, so not just the regular concept of teaching responsibility, it's, it's an important thing that, that kids and younger uh, people need to understand. But I, I want to also just add this as a caveat, that as believers, we also need to remind our kids that they need to take responsibility for their relationship with God. You see, mom and dad can't do that for you. I can't give that to you. I, I, at times we wish we could, but we can't. At times we, we, we wish they would listen, but they don't. And, you know, they make choices in terms of a relationship with God that's not the one that we would make for them. But when we have the chance, when they're young, and when we, even when they're not young, we still need to be reminding our kids and those that we're mentoring that they 
have to take responsibility for their own relationship with Jesus. Nobody else can do that for you. Not coming to church and listening to life-changing, mind-boggling sermons will, will do it for you, right? You have to make the choice. Just being here is not going to do it. You won't just absorb it. You have to make a choice, take responsibility and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you in my life, my life. And so children need to understand that and young people in the faith need to understand it, 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 it can't be just imparted to you. You have to take the responsibility to welcome Jesus in for yourself. So that's uh, an important thing. I got to keep going here real quick. So that's three important things to teach. Let me touch on these three important things now to give. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 says, For you know that we we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. So Paul wrote this letter to uh, the Thessalonians uh, while he was in Corinth. And he sent, he, the, the background is he sends Timothy back to Thessalonica because he had planted a church there and had all kinds of spiritual children that he was worried about. And so he can't go, but he sends Timothy back to Thessalonica to see how his new children are doing in the faith. And Timothy comes back to Paul and says, they're doing well. He brought back a good report. And when Paul heard the report of Timothy, he sat down and he wrote the Thessalonians this letter. And he mentions three things that... Um, that a good parent would give to their children. And now remember, Paul is single. He has no natural kids, but, these, but he is their spiritual father. And he mentions a goal that he has in mind for them. And it was this, that you would live lives worthy of God and worthy of the kingdom. That was his goal. Isn't that a nice goal? A, a beautiful goal for our spiritual kids, for our spiritual mentoring relationships, for our physical children, this is a great goal to start with. Our goal is this, that you would grow and mature into a man and woman of God, that you would live a life worthy of the kingdom, worthy of the call, that you would be a difference maker, a world shaker, anointed, filled with the Holy Ghost. This is a lovely goal to have, a very powerful goal. So this is the goal that he, he says uh, that, he, that he has for them that he wants to see them grow and to live a, a life uh, that's worthy. Remember, you know, our children are on loan to us, and uh, it's amazing how fast they grow. It, it, it just seems like in a few, we only have a few precious years to guide them towards being this healthy, functioning adult who, who loves and serves God, who lives a life that's worthy. That's our goal. But the trouble with being a parent is that by the time you have experience, you're unemployed. This is the issue. And this is why it's so important to take these concepts as a spiritual mentor. To say, hey, when I'm dealing with people who are young in the faith, struggling with their faith, I, 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 you know, I have been through the war. I have been through... The depression. I have been through the breakup. I have been through the pain. I have been through all of the things that you have seen. And your experience is a powerful tool in the hands of God to use 
to bless somebody else. Amen? And this is, this is the thing that when we have the ability, whether it's a long time or a short time, our goal, our goal is to help our children, physical or spiritual children, live lives that are worthy, dedicated and committed to the kingdom. So, of course, our goal is the same as Paul's, that our children, our physical children, would live a life that's worthy of the kingdom that God's called us to. And let's just say this, if we get this right, if we, if we, get, if we get Jesus right, if that becomes the foundation, then a lot of other things fall into place in a right way. Jesus does that to us. So let me, let me go through these three real quick. Three important things to give. First is encouragement. Encouragement. I was reading uh, this week a lot about encouragement and how powerful and impactful it is on people's lives. Not just children, but on everybody's life. You need to be encouraged. I need to be encouraged. We just all need it. it it's a powerful force in our lives. It can help people hang on in tough times, and it can absolutely inspire our children to dream big and to go for it. It's like the little boy who said to his dad, hey dad, let's, pay, let's play darts. I'll throw them, and you just keep saying, great shot. And this is exactly it. You ever have a kid and you're playing a sport and you go, awesome, great shot. You know, they want you to say that every time. That Man, you have a wicked slap shot. Woo! You know, and then all of a sudden they're bigger, they're stronger. Oh yeah, watch this one. You know, it just, it just, you know what it does to us? It just builds us up, right? Um, look at even the Apostle Paul who went, who, who lived the life of unbelievable ups and downs. In Acts 28, 15, look at this verse. It says, The brothers and sisters in Rome had heard we were coming, and they came to meet us at the Forum on the Appian Way. Others joined us at the Three Taverns, and when Paul saw them, he was, say it with me, encouraged, and he thanked God. See, Paul had been now a prisoner for about three years. It took him, when they arrested him, it took, him about three years to actually get to Rome. And so for three years, he's been a prisoner. And you remember he, was, he, he got you know, shipwrecked and he was stuck on an island and all these crazy zany things that happened. But it took Paul three years to arrive in Rome. And it says when he finally arrived in Rome as a prisoner, the believers there had heard he was coming. And so they, had tra they traveled. They decided to travel a long way just to see him. And when he saw them, it says, he was encouraged. Isn't that nice? See, so you know what it is? There's, there's, I'm just pulling out two, two quick ways that we encourage people, but we encourage people and we encourage our children with our presence, with our very presence. Do you understand? Paul wouldn't have been encouraged that day if they weren't there. Right? They made the effort to make the long journey to get down to the dock. And when Paul came off that ship and saw them there, he was encouraged. He was encouraged because they were there. And so 
the, the whole idea of encouraging people with our presence, encouraging our children with our presence. So moms and dads, it, it is important to be around. It is important. Don't let anyone say it's not. It is important. The games, the concerts, the events, the races, all of these things are important. Your presence actually matters. It makes a difference. And even if your kids don't acknowledge it, even if they say, you're just embarrassing me, stop yelling when I'm running on the track, they secretly love it. And they won't admit it to you till they're older, past that awkward, you're uncool phase. But it's powerful. Your presence matters. It matters. So, I just want to leave it at that. Another way that we encourage is with our words, with what we say. It's very powerful. Um, Kevin Lehman in his book, Bringing Up Kids Without Tearing Them Down, he said this. He said, encouragement is, is, is more important than any other aspect of child raising. He said, every child needs continuous encouragement like a plant needs water. They cannot grow and develop and gain a sense of belonging without encouragement. I thought, wow, it is really powerful. So those are two little simple things. There's, again, there's a lot there, but how do we encourage three important things to give? The first one is encouragement. We encourage with our presence and we encourage with our words. Both are powerful and both are needed. Second, the other uh, second uh, important thing to give is comfort. Comfort. Second Corinthians chapter one says, "All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us." So children, young people in the faith, all of us, as a matter of fact, from time to time, just need a little bit of comfort. We just need that warm, you know, you know, you know when they say it's comfort food? We're heading into the season where we're all going to be looking for comfort food, right? Comfort, it's really something we want, something it's just, it, 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 it seems to calm us down and quiet the noise of the chaos around us and somehow just feeds our soul, you know, and makes us feel better on the inside. Children and young people and all of us, like kids, they're going to need that comfort. I mean, they're going to need it for the banged up knee, uh, to, the, to the mean kid at school who spoke to them badly to the breakup of their boyfriend and girlfriend, <gasps> high drama, high drama, right? They're going to need comfort for all of these things. Home and parents are meant to be a place of comfort, not a source of stress. When it's like comfort food and you sit down with a beautiful big bowl of whatever that is, stew or something that we would classify as comfort food, when children walk into your door at home after maybe being pummeled or having a bad day at school, they walk in and home and the presence of their parents 
brings comfort to their soul. It's an important concept that, and a role that we need to play and something that we need to give. So it's important to give that. Let me move on to the last one. The third other thing that we need to give is what Paul, Paul says is urging. He said urging. Uh, so when, he, when, when Paul says we urged you to live your lives in a worthy manner, it's like a parent that's watching their child run in a race, okay? And you're urging them from the sidelines to make every effort to go fast, to make every effort to reach that finish line, to do their best, to give it all, you know? And have you ever heard my wife scream on the sidelines of a game? Blood will flow out of your ear. You just got to let her go. Don't get an earshot. She will hurt you, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, years of hearing that woman scream has uh, been awesome. But uh, she's good at urging. She's good at urging. But it's, it's like that. Paul says, it's, it's, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to urge you to live your life worthy. To, do, to go for it, to do it, to dig deep, to fight through, to push through, to make it to the finish line. This is what he's saying. Make every effort. And the Greek word translated urge here is interesting. It actually means to bear witness. So I got thinking, how do we bear witness to our children to live a life worthy of God? How do we bear witness to that? The only way you can do that is by personal example, right? They, we as parents live our lives worthy of God's call. We do it. It's done by personal example that we, we show them, we give them an up-close, real-life example. This is how, one of the ways in, how, in which we urge our kids to push, to do better, to live a life that's worthy. It's because I, they see it in me. They see me pushing through. They see me doing the, the, the tough jobs. They see me not giving up, not cracking. They see me hanging in there, being determined, being faithful, being strong, being courageous. It's a powerful urge. It, it, it's an example that helps them do the same thing. So urge, urge, urge. And one of, uh, one of the ways we urge is by personal example. Look at um, Titus chapter 2, verse 7. It says, And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. Paul is, is writing to Titus and he's saying, Come on, boy, do it. Stand up. Make every effort, you know, he's saying, you can do it. So parents, lead the way. We, uh, we, we can do it. Let me say this, and we've got to close here, but we also urge children to live well. This is, again, maybe a whole other giant thing, but let me just touch on it. We, we urge them by personal example, and we urge them to live lives that are worthy also by discipline. I know that's an that's a ugly, ugly word, but it's not actually an ugly word. It's a powerful word and a needed word. Look at uh, Proverbs chapter 19. It says, Discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. Only spoken by the wisest man that ever lived. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, 
there will be a peaceful harvest of right living. Get that. Where did the right living come from? From the discipline. You urge right living by discipline for those who are trained in this way. So setting boundaries, setting rules, and, and enforcing them, of course, in a loving way is another way that we urge our children to live well. We, we urge by example and by applying discipline in love to get them back on the right track. When they make a left turn, we go, uh-uh-uh, you've crossed the line, get back, get back. It brings you back. It helps children focus and get where they need to get to live a life that's worthy. So let me just say this. We got to close with communion today, but I understand that this is a tough job. And I understand that sometimes we think we've done all we can and our children make choices as they get older that haven't been anything that we've taught them. In fact, it's quite the opposite. They do the opposite of what we've taught them. And I understand the, the, the struggle in some of that and in some of our lives. But I'm here to encourage us today to try to do this job well. To parent while you still have young ones and to guide them and to raise them in the fear and the trust and the beauty of the Lord. And also to be a spiritual mentor and to help people get their lives back on track. So there's three things to teach Sowing and reaping, respect, responsibility, and three things to give, encouragement, comfort, and urging. If we, I think, do these well, we will have a positive impact on many people's lives. And again, the most important thing that we can ever pass on to a child, to a friend, to a relative, to a niece, a nephew, to your neighbor, to anybody, the most important thing to pass on is a living faith in Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Savior of the world. And our lives are better with Him than without Him. And it's the one decision we make on this planet that will carry us through into the world that is yet to be. It is a decision that impacts us for eternity. And so it's so important that we pass on a living faith. So let's not give up. Don't give up praying for your son or your daughter, for those that you're in relationship with. I know it's been hard for some of us, but I'm here to say God is a mountain-moving God. He does great things. He can touch our kids. He can save our kids. He can turn their lives around. He can do wonderful things. Do all you can do and leave the rest to the Holy Spirit. Don't quit praying. Don't quit trying. Don't give up. You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Don't give up. So be encouraged today. And I would just say this. Just stand on, on the declaration that jo, jo, uh, Joshua made to the children of Israel when they were going into the promised land. And he said this. And do this for your life, for your home, for your kids, for your family. Say these words. Say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is his declaration but my for me and my house, our declaration, we will Lord, serve the Lord. As for us, as that for me and my house, his declaration, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just bow with me just for a moment. Father, thank you today. Thank you for everything that you are and for the wonderful example of a father. You are our heavenly father 
who loves us with a love that does not go away, that is unconditional, that is powerful, that is transformative. Thank you. Lord, help us as men and women to be the best moms and dads that we possibly can be. That the closer we are to you, the, the, the more we love Jesus, Lord, the better off we'll be and the better we can parent and the better we can show that love to our children. So help us, Lord, get there. Give us the wisdom. Please give us the patience. And Lord, I pray today in Jesus' name that you, Lord, if you're here today, if you're here today and you just have, you have a, a child maybe in your life or there's a relationship, a mentor relationship that, that, that it's somebody needs the Lord today. Somebody needs help. Would you just put up your hand for a moment? We just want to just give this person, these people to the Lord. Just, just give it to the Lord today. Lord, you see these hands. There's hands everywhere, all the way from the left and to the right. If you're watching online today, you can raise your hand too. It's not silly. We're just, we're just going to give these children, these, these men, these women, it might be a grandchild, it might be a son, a daughter, it might be a niece, a nephew, it might be somebody, Lord, uh, that, that people know in church or uh, in the neighborhood, but they're in a relationship. They have a relationship with somebody and it's just not what it needs to be. They're not where they need to be. And so, Lord, our hands are raised. You know all the details. And all, Lord, all of what's gone on, all that's been said, all the pain, all the difficulty, all the frustration, you've seen every tear that has been wept. You've heard every cry. You've heard every prayer. And so, Lord, together today, in Jesus' name, while two or three uh, gather in your name, you said you are there with us. So, in the presence of Almighty God, we agree together in Jesus' name for our sons and our daughters that they would come back home to Jesus. Lord, we pray for our grandchildren that those that are lost would be found. We pray, Lord, for our nieces and our nephews and for those younger, Lord, that we are in relationship with and they haven't yet found you. We claim them for Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, into their lives. Break down barriers, walls, hardness, bitterness, Lord, and this this false bravado that people put up to stop the Spirit of God from penetrating their heart. Lord, you are greater than the barrier. You are greater than the wall. You are greater than the anger. You are greater than the bitterness. So, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you would find a way. Penetrate, Lord. Your love is so powerful and so all-encompassing. Lord, unleash your love, your touch, your anointing on their lives. We claim them in Jesus' name for the kingdom. We claim, Lord, that they would live lives worthy of Jesus Christ. Lord, for our toddlers, that they would grow to know you and to serve you and to be difference makers for the kingdom. Lord, we are people now who stand on the sidelines and urge. We urge by example. We urge, Lord, by saying, you can do it. God is good. Push, push. It's worth it. It's worth every step. Lord, help us 
to comfort. Help us to guide. Help us to encourage. Help us to teach. Lord, we need your help today. And so, Lord, whatever we're to do, help us to do it. Help us to take that personal responsibility. But Lord, help us also to not take too much responsibility. We take too much and we're going to get worried. We're going to get filled with anxiety. We're going to get sick. We're going to, we're going to be impacted in a negative way. So we take, Lord, what's ours and the rest we must leave at the feet of Jesus. This is your child above ours. This is your child above ours. You love them more than we do. And so it's time, Lord, for a breakthrough. It's time for a turning. It's time for a transformation. It's time, Lord, that the enemy be defeated and that Jesus be the triumphant one in their lives. And so today, Lord, we cry out to you for salvation, for healing, for softening, for a restoration and a reconciliation, for something powerful to occur in Jesus' name for all the people that are in our minds, for all the ones that we've raised our hands to. In Jesus' name, we cry out to you today for a miracle of God. And may, Lord, we not give up, but keep praying, keep doing, and believe that the harvest will come. You are a God who is true and right and powerful. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And they might have taken a left turn, but the prodigal son will come home. Come on. The prodigal daughter will come home. Lord, it's time today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to Stovall Pentecostal Church Audio Podcast more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.